I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercised. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, hello, my fellow DDP Yoga Warriors. What is happening? It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m., which means one thing. Time to debut a brand new episode of DDP Radio right here at DDPRadio.com. Um, we are a week removed from last, last week's uh, Mike Mullins uh, roast. I don't know if I should feel honored or if I should cry myself to sleep tonight. But either way, um, Robert, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, that night of pretty much just tearing out my soul with Stevie Richards. So It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of uh, – it was a very heartwarming thing on our end. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, I will forward you my therapy bills in the future. Yeah, just for for, for those to uh, Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> All right, will do. I'm glad I missed uh, that. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. But anyways, to get back into things uh, and get back on track, uh, episode of DDP Radio here at ddpradio.com. My name is Mike Mullins. You can always find me at mike90percent.com. And, of course, uh, we are joined by the one and the only, and we always call her the kind of sense of reason on this show and kind of like kind of the honorary babysitter to keep Robert and I uh, from completely going off track, but she wasn't here last week, and things just went to hell really quickly, and she's never been more missed uh, by me when I could use someone to stand up for me than last week, but mm-hmm. Stacey Morris is back. Uh, how is Florida? You get yourself back from vacation, huh? No, we're still here. We're here oh. another week. Oh, we're we're inching toward, for? you know, no, we're inching toward spending entire winters here. This was our trial run of three weeks. It's been wonderful. Oh, that that's awesome. Um, that's uh, that's you know, Florida is gorgeous this time of year because it's not like the brutal heat of the summer. Um, but a drawback of that is being too close proximity to our other uh, co-host. Uh, he is the Hans Gruber to my John McLean. He is the DDP Yoga <laughs> super villain himself, Robert McLaren. Hello. You are so not a John McLean. There's. Just... Ugh. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm lost. But uh, that's, die a, that's hard. a die hard reference, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. No, it's not it's not a rom com or a chick flick, so I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I am to what John McLean is uh as uh, I don't know, O. J. Simpson is the innocent. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Let's just roll from there, shall we? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we had a fun show last week. Stevie Wood Richards joined us. Uh, Christina Russell joined us. And Hayden <clears throat> Walden joined us. And we were so packed full of full of guests. It's like we go through these levels where we just kind of do these shows on ourselves, and then we bring on a guest. And last week, it's like everyone just kind of fell on that same day, and we had Christina, Stevie, and Hayden. And we were had a great talk with Christina and Stevie, and, and Hayden kind of chimed in uh, where he could, but... I felt bad because Hayden has such a great story, and it was just so like it was so uh, you know crowded on the show last week that we didn't really get to talk to him. So I actually uh, reached out to Hayden. I think we're going to make a point to get him on the show, um, a solo show, Hayden Walden's solo show, because he's an amazing dude. I know uh, both of you guys had met him down in Mexico, and him and his wife are are pretty damn awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like the Phil Ensemble of D- DDP Yoga. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, 
but I know that's another reference that you won't get, Stacy. But we'll but we'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah, send me send me like some cliff notes or something sometime. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Robert and I probably have a different page of like pop culture references than you or any you know woman on the planet that uh that uh probably wouldn't be into our circle. Um, but we'll send you some notes next time so you can at least fake your way through it. Um, okay. Yeah, it'll be great to have Hayden on on the show and just do a little solo show because he's got an amazing story. He came all the way from England uh, recently to uh, to the performance center. It looked like they had a great time down there. So um, that is really really cool. And Christina Russell was on last week, and I just want to put this over real quick. She has a book that they just they linked up on her uh, Facebook page for her family rebooted. Um, she's got so many great nutrition tips and all kinds of fun stuff, and she's a really cool chick too. So. Uh, you want to check out her new ebook, um, and she's full of all kinds of information. And she teaches; she's a celebrity uh, instructor at the DDP Yoga Performance Center, along with uh, Stevie Richards, which might join my uh, join Robert McLaren in my life nemesis, arch enemies. Uh, but mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Um, but first things first, I want to hit Stacy up and see: uh, Do you have any uh, things you got coming up? I know you're saying you're taking a little bit of time off in the next couple months, but just wanted to check in and see if you have any appearances or. Anything going on in your world? Nothing pressing. No, I'm 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 still in taking it easy mode. Right. Now, where where in Florida are you? Fort Lauderdale. Oh, nice. Yeah, halfway in between Palm Beach and Miami. So we've been yeah. we've been tearing up the um, the the east lower east side of Florida. Very cool. Uh, I'm I'm kind of jealous because you know. I know I can't have anything to complain about because we're down in North Carolina and we could be up in New England right now getting all this snow, but the weather down here has been really bipolar. Like, it was 70 degrees a couple of days ago, and today it's like 30-something. It's just it's weird, the uh, the drastic kind of shifts in temperature. But, uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we were trying to think of uh, some things to talk about tonight. And we always like to do these kind of um, I don't even know what we call them, just kind of like bullshit sessions where we have no map, no plan, but we kind of just take the conversation on our, and make our own path as we go along. We get a couple things we want to hit on, um, but it's going to be a fun discussion tonight. We're just going to talk and, and share our experiences. And Stacey, kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'll lead it off right now. Um, uh, Stacey kind of brought up that we should talk about this on the show, and I was going to mention it. Uh, last week, um, right before DDP Radio, I got on the horn with Robert and Stacy and I sounded like I had just gargled with thumbtacks and broken glass. Uh, my voice was hoarse, and you know, I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't doing so hot, and I, I felt the in that I had gotten like really sick right before the show started. I didn't even know if I could be able to continue when I first got on because I was feeling, you know, pretty garbage. Um, and uh, I kind of didn't really piece it together. I didn't really kind of, uh, you know, put two and two together at the time. Um, but as I've been uh, forefront here on the show, I've had a little bit of health problems uh, the past, you know, several months of stuff I've been dealing with, which I, I am dealing with, and it's going all right. Um, but uh, so I, around the time when my health problems started, you know, you know, kicking up a little bit, I've been kind of like, I'm just going to focus on getting better. I can't just do everything at once. You know, I'd like to keep my diet as under control as I can, but... I'm not going to really just stress about it. And so I started, like, uh, incorporating some gluten uh, foods back into my diet. I wasn't going off the, off the deep end. I wasn't ordering Domino's pizza six times a day. But I had been slipping a little bit, and I noticed that a week in, about a week into my slipping, I noticed how miserable I felt, like terrible, and my stomach was cramping and, and nauseous. And, you know, I just felt miserable. And, you know, I kind of like, yeah, maybe this doesn't work for me. So I made a point to get back on the wagon and just really focus on, uh, you know, eating healthy and, and getting rid of the gluten again because that was one thing that worked for me. Now, Dallas has a lot of influence on, on DDP yoga, and he gives a lot of great advice, and a lot of people, like, you know, take to that advice. And and uh, it was one of those things that some things I've been like, oh, that's cool, and some things have been, you know, not for me, um, you know. But he gives you that information. But the gluten-free thing was one of the things that legitimately changed my life. And, you know, it's become a trendy, uh, you know, you know, health thing. And some people kind of make fun of it a little bit and, you know, uh, you know, put it towards, you know, the pretentious label or 
something like that. But I can't, I can't argue what works for me, and that's legitimately changed my life. And so last week, right before the show started, as I was telling you guys earlier, just repeating the same story, um, but last week before the show started, I was going to have lunch uh, earlier in the day, and I kind of skipped lunch or put it off way too long. And by the time I was going to eat something, I'm like, well, Katie's going to be home in a couple hours. We're going to have dinner, so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go without lunch. And I got to the point where I was so ravenous and so hungry, and, you know, your blood sugar starts uh, to dip a little bit. So I'm like, well, i got to have something. And there was nothing at my fingertips, really, except for a piece of, like, this uh, lemon cake thing that Katie's uh, mom had sent over um, as a gift. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have it, and then, you know, move on. And I ate it, and I didn't think anything of it. It exited in my mind right afterwards, but right before the show started, I got, like, really, really miserably sick and felt terrible. And it's one of those things that, now, people can call things fads. They can call things, you know, flashes in the pan, things change every week. But it's one of those things that I can't personally deny what it's done for me and the significant difference that it makes in my life. You know, some things you can you can take things or, or eat a certain way, and, yeah, it's probably healthy, but you probably don't realize it or notice it on a daily basis. You know, gluten-free is one of those things that it separates almost like night and day for me. And as soon as I, you know, start indulging a little bit, I feel terrible. And I know Stacy um, has been, you know, gluten-free for a long time. And, you know, Robert, you've been around Dallas everyone long enough to know, you know, what, mm-hmm. the, what the facts are and the statistics. And uh, what do you guys think, like, it's just not worth it for me to kind of take that gamble anymore. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, are you, are you pretty much gluten-free or do you, you know, I mean, not everybody has to be. We don't want there to be any kind of perceived uh, or or otherwise uh, gluten-shaming in, yeah, no, in the I, community because it's a personal choice. No, and I definitely, I have no problem with gluten. I never have. Uh I, I don't eat as much as I used to, but I still do. Um, I stay away from dairy because I'm not a da- I'm not a fan of dairy, but I have no problem with gluten whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And Dallas has said this very frequently that some people aren't affected by it. Yeah. And everyone's biology is a little different. I found that I was, and I had absolutely no idea till I went off of it at his suggestion that I I was really. Uh, sensitive to it, and when, it was when I made that change, and I was making other changes too. It wasn't just going off gluten, but in tandem with working out, eating less, listening to my body, um, recovering from being an emotional eater, which meant feeling my feelings rather than stuffing them, all those things I worked on. But when I got off the gluten and the cow dairy, it's some sort of door opened for me, and the weight that had been literally stuck on my body started to kind of flow away like a you know floodwaters. I don't know mm. how to explain it, but there was no struggle. And for many many years, I tried all these little tricks and methods and uh, and and advice that from people, and nothing worked. You know, it was a struggle. I, I would and I would do severe you know, deprivational, you know, diets and things, and, and my weight would not budge out of the 300s mm-hmm. until that. But so, and and I've been very open, as you know, with my story through the blogs and, and the books and everything and what I talk about on the show. Sometimes I get a backlash. Uh, people get really defensive when, when they think you're messing with their food or you're judging them. And I'm not judging anybody who chooses to eat gluten, but I'll get remarks or questions like, well, so you're just saying it's as easy as going off gluten and then everything changes. No, I've never said that. Actually, a couple weeks ago on my Facebook Hungry for the Truth page, I put a, a split screen photo of, um, you know, on gluten and off gluten. And I, I, I said a few paragraphs about I never said that going off gluten is a magic wand. It's one part of the picture, one part of the puzzle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but having having said that, I have no desire to resume eating gluten. Um, the last time I did uh, was about 
four years ago at Christmas time, one of my friends is like, she makes these artisanal Christmas cookies, you know, they're just absolutely off the charts. And I thought, okay, it's Christmas, I'll just have them and tomorrow's a new day. I could literally, like two hours after eating them, I could see my stomach inflating from the, the bloat had already set in. Uh, and I know if I, I didn't actually feel horrible or anything physically, but I, I felt the effects. And I know if I had continued uh, on that path, I probably would have had, you know, the, the mood swings, um, the weight gain, the inflammation. For me, it definitely affects my body. And I think our food supply and, and the food corporations are so corrupt. I have no trouble believing that a lot of these stories are planted by, you know, ruthless PR firms. You know, because like, I have seen these stories that say, you know, this gluten thing is ridiculous. This gluten-free thing, it's a trend. It's people who are gluten-free are neurotic. You know, I've seen all kinds of labels put on. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's the food companies desperately trying to regain their foothold um, so that, you know, and then if you have a moment of, hey, I'm stressed out, uh, I'm feeling kind of whatever, weak or down or what, and, and maybe it is all bullshit. Yeah, I'll go back to gluten. You know, I, I could easily see that happening. And that's probably what, you know, a combination of things happened for you, Mike, but you learn from it. I mean, look what you learned in the process. Yeah. It, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, bullshit scam diets out there and people trying to make them thoughts. And honestly, there's so many things that we do in our daily lives from too much sunshine to do, you know, you, there's a million things we can do wrong that are unhealthy for us. Um, so I'm telling you right now that the gluten-free thing works for me, but it's not the only way. There's, there's, I mean, if it doesn't work for you, it's incredibly beneficial in my life, but there's not one single, like, you know, single, singular path that you have to go down to be to be healthy, and that's what great is great about, you know, what we do here at GDP Yoga and, and, and the model of, you know, make it your own. And once you find a way to work uh, your way through things and find your own path, you know, there's no set in stone way. There's things that are recommended. There's things that are not recommended. But, mm-hmm. you know... We, we make our own choices, and I always made a point on my Mikey 90% blog uh, to say this, and especially here on DDP Radio, that I'm just one of you guys. I've been doing DDP yoga for, for four years now. Uh, a lot of people will come to me and ask me questions. I don't know. I have no knowledge uh, of health and fitness that you probably don't possess yourself, but I do have the experience of trial and error. I have the experience of trying things out and finding what works for me, and what works mm-hmm. for me might not work for you, but I love to share what's working for me just so you know that, hey, I did well with this, but I honestly don't have any knowledge about anything uh, I, I'm talking about more than you do. But it's one of those things that, you know, you learn from people and you can share. And Robert, what worked for you? Stacey, what worked for you? And it gives people alternatives and things to try and paths to go down to find out their own kind of formula that makes them, uh, you know, happy and healthy. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and, and I... Blue... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go first. Well, I I coach people, and the everyone that I work with is usually is, is exclusively really an emotionally um, usually a hundred pounds or more overweight, and uh, in other words, they're very similar to to who I am or who I was, and everyone who's gone off gluten has. has None of them have had a negative effect from it. They've all reported positive. So there is, I, I truly believe there is a certain type that reacts to gluten the way I do. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's some lucky people who don't, you know, and if you don't, your life's going to be a lot easier. You're, you know, that's one less um, stone to carry around. It's not the biggest cross to bear to be gluten, you know, gluten sensitive. Um, I mm-hmm. do feel for the, the celiacs because they have it much worse. I mean, they get violently ill. I'm very grateful not to have celiac disease. If you do, there's no choice in the matter. You, you have to be off gluten. Um, but if anyone's listening who's considering it, I, I would say definitely give it a try, especially if you have any kind of autoimmune um, issues such as rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, 
Um, and it's not even a weight issue because Dallas doesn't do it for weight weight maintenance. Um, he does it so his joints feel better. Mm-hmm. And he knows immediately when he's had some. He used to, have, you know, treat himself when he'd go back to Jersey and have that, in, you know, one-of-a-kind Jersey pizza at the shore. And um, the cleaner he got, the longer he was gluten-free, he realized even doing it once a year, I feel it. I don't want any part of it. So it, it's really up to everybody to to be their own, you know, personal nutritionist and try out certain things, see how it sits with you, um, mm-hmm. and, and go from there. And, and we, we, we talk about this, and we're, we're not going to spend the whole show doing this. we got a bunch of other things we want to do, too. But you know, I, I wanted to point out, um, you know, I was never diagnosed uh, celiac uh, myself, uh, but I had a conversation with my mother about three weeks ago. My mom has worked in the medical industry for 35 years now. And I never got diagnosed celiac, which isn't saying much because I'm uh, a horrible hypocrite. I will get on my mom and dad to go to the doctor and get things checked out and tell them they need to take care of themselves and get all the screenings done. Yet I don't go to the doctor for anything. I'm one of those guys that try to avoid the doctor at all costs. And I I can figure it out myself. If something serious, we'll work it out. So I never got diagnosed celiac. But my mom was talking to me. And ever since I was probably about 16 years old, and I'm I'm not even exaggerating, uh, 99% of the time after I had dinner, I would throw up. I would get sick mm. every single time after dinner. And it was it happened for years. And Katie was like, you got to get this checked out. And I always had an excuse of, oh, I ate too much. Oh, I ate too fast. You know, wrong kind of food I had tonight. But I always I always had that excuse on hand so I wouldn't have to go follow up with it. Um, and, and, and as soon as I got off the gluten, it was it was instantly noticeable that I, I realized, and it wasn't even like a conscious thing, like, whoa, I didn't throw up tonight. After about <laughs> three weeks, I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, hmm, I haven't been sick at all. And it didn't really enter my stream of consciousness, you know, for a while until after that. Um, so it's one of those things that it, it, it may not be, it may not be celiac, but I definitely have a, a strong, um, you know, a, a reaction to, to that. And, it was noticeable, like like Stacy said, you didn't really notice. You know, we didn't really know there was an issue with it until you you got off of it and you realized how things change. And, and even today, I mean, there are certain things like as a professional fat ass, you know, I could eat a candy bar, and uh, and I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But honestly, it was pretty awesome. It tasted good and it was comforting. You know, I'd probably regret it a little bit later, but. It was one of those things that you know I deal with it and move on. And the gluten thing—it's one of those things that when I when I uh, indulge, it's not one of those things that I thought, "Oh my God, that was good." Like I, it instantly turns into a negative experience, and it's just—it's it, one of those reasons why I, I have an easier time kind of staying off of it because it's it's almost like you know you you drink too much and you're badly hungover and you're like, "Oh, I regret this. I get I get a hangover." I feel sick. I feel nauseous. And it's not one of those things, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it was uh, so good. It was one of those things that this was a horrible decision. Yeah, but your story brings up another point, which I think we would be a great thing to just talk about briefly. And because um, we all, we've all experienced this, that, that moment of panic where we're hungry and we realize there's really nothing viable, you know. And and I know for for me as an emotional eater, I cannot I cannot allow myself to be too vulnerable like that. I, I have to have um, I'm almost now a little obsessive with having you know preparation uh, around me. You know whether it's pre-baked treats or protein bars that are clean or ripe avocados and some cherry tomatoes. I have to have clean stuff. Because well, I, could, for, I, I don't want to have, you know. Yeah, Stacey, let me interrupt for a second there. Just we talk about clean stuff all the time, and we haven't defined it in a while. So what, how would you define clean food? Okay. Well, for me, um, you know, I, I, I like to eat as unprocessed as possible. I also like to bake and cook. And I know that's not the case for everyone, but ideally – it would be, uh, you know, a, a, a cake or a cookie or a something, if it's, we're talking about a snack, that's made at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, 
second choice would be a gluten-free um, protein bar or some peanut butter. You know, and for me, clean is gluten and dairy-free and as close to, you know, the earth as possible. I'm not, you know, obsessive about it. but it, So in other words, like a jar of peanut butter versus um, a peanut butter cup candy bar, you know, mm-hmm. um, stuff, stuff without lots of sugar. You know, I, all my peanut butter and nut butters are unsweetened. And if I'm going to sweeten it, I use some real quality honey or stevia. So for me, clean is um, whole foods. Um, my, my new thing, I love baking. And Mike, you, I, do you have a nut allergy, Mike? No. Uh, I love almond flour. For, I, I just posted on my website uh, a recipe called Healthy Hermit, and it's all from almond flour. There are no simple white flours whatsoever in there. So it's just absolutely, and it's raisins and sweetened with bananas. So it's like good stuff, you know, no white sugar. So does, does that make it clear, Mike? Yeah, that, that, that sounds And, and Robert? Yes. Um, okay, I, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because I know personally, and it's something that so many people I, I know, you know, from this program have dealt with, um, and it's the difference between un- being unprepared because, you know, a lot of times you can be prepared doing it. But my most of my damage is done, you know, nowadays by pushing myself too far, uh, you know, with hunger. And it, there's an instant uh, backlash to that. There's an instant, um, you know, rebound effect that a lot of times I'll wait so long to eat because, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for something I don't want to eat or something that I get to the point where I become ravenous and, and make bad decisions, uh, rational uh, irrational, you know, split-second decisions. And it was one, you know, one of those things that, like, I'd be going to a party. I'd be going to, like, a Christmas party or a, you know, Halloween party or something, and I'd been so long since I'd eaten anything. And, you know, I, you know, assuming I'll probably find something to eat there, and then there's nothing available there. And at this point, I'm ravenous, and now I'm just, you know, diving headfirst into horrible decisions. But uh, it's one of those things that you've got to kind of balance it a little bit. You can't force yourself to get into those you know, you know, ravenous uh, hunger stages where you're going to make bad decisions and, and kind of evening out your diet and make sure you're you're eating regularly to avoid those situations. Oh, yeah. I mean, Robert, I know you can get into long stretches on the computer. Oh, yeah. And without eating, you know. Um, but and, and a lot of people are in that situation. It's really important to... Uh, and, and sometimes we tell ourselves things like, well, I'm being productive. I'm getting a lot done, you know, or, you know, what, what a baby. You know, you really need a break. You need, you, I mean, come on, just, just buckle, you know, buck up and, and, and keep shouldering on. No, well, it's really I, important to I stop. Never, I never forget to eat, and when I do, I always pay for it because I start getting, you know, I, 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 I have to, like, keep food in my system or else I start getting weak. Oh, okay. So you you just your body won't allow it. So in yeah. a way, that's good. And you probably make sure you have stuff handy. Yeah, yeah. I've always got. There's always something here, and and you know I, I've got like you know little sweets stashed away in different places because that's you know the uh, the most helpful thing when when it starts getting bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know things like that. Yeah, and to anyone who's um, whether you work at home or somewhere else. Just having non-perishables like dried fruit, nuts, uh, nut butter, some, you know, I love rice cakes. I mean, because for me, there are lots of gluten-free crackers out there. Uh, They tend to trigger me a little bit. For some reason, rice cakes don't. You know, I don't feel like, oh, my God, I can't stop with these rice cakes, you know. They're, Mm -hmm. they're They're a nice carrier to peanut butter and jelly and things like that. Um... But, and there's so there like almost no calories to them, mm-hmm. so um, the, stuff like that. Some real essential non-perishables. Nuts are wonderful because they will kill hunger very quickly. Um, but you have to be mindful of quantity with nuts. At least I do. Yeah, because um, all, all the protein in them. Yeah, and and they're they're high calorie, but it's all yeah. fat. It's all it's good stuff. So. 
Um, and I want to just give a plug for a protein bar that I've discovered. It's Paleo, and it's the brand is Julian, J-U-L-I-E-N, Julian Bakery. Mm-hmm. And they're Paleo. They have a lot of amazing flavors. I have to order them online. I don't. I don't see them out at stores. But uh, and Nancy Guberti endorses these. They're mm-hmm. at, and it's a, it's a great thing if you don't want to get low on protein, or I use them sometimes as a dessert when I want that candy bar or cookie. I have this instead because it's not empty calories. Well, maybe now that uh, you endorsed uh, their bars on on the show and made both of our listeners, you know, aware of them, maybe they will send you a few boxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Uh, I just, I just want to, you know, I want to give good ideas because it's there's so much bad stuff out there, and when I, you know, mm-hmm. bad in terms of what it does for your body. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to put any kind of shame out there on foods, but I look at it now as when I consider a food, I really kind of ask it, "What are you going to do for me?" You and know, is it an answer? You're going to help me. <laughs> it does. I know. It probably <laughs> makes me insane. I actually get an answer. No, it's like I've got this, you know, guardian angel. I don't know what it is. Like this little voice that says, well, okay, you know in your heart of hearts it's going to be fun to eat, but not much else. And, um, you know, there, there's like, I, I don't, as you know, I don't like to be too strict. There are times when I just want to eat something for the taste of it. I have to watch and make sure the percentage of that doesn't get too out of hand, mm-hmm. you know. So I really feel like what I do 80% of the time is what counts. It's one of those things that I, I notice a lot more when I get older, too. When I was younger, I could eat Big Macs, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'd be invincible. But as we get older and our bodies start to change and you know, you really kind of notice the impact food has on you, whether it's the energy level or, or the kind of grogginess or the way you feel. It's it's a it's kind of a balancing act that you're playing with your kind of chemical, you know, structure in your body that, you know, and when you're younger, you don't kind of really see that. But I've noticed it a lot more when I get older about how much i got to kind of keep track of, you know, what I'm putting in there or I'm not going to be able to be productive at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Another another great thing I rely on, hard-boiled eggs. You know, okay. sometimes I, I go into sous chef mode and I'll just make up, you know, I'll, I'll bake, I'll do soups ahead of time. But hard-boiled eggs, you just pop a half a dozen or a dozen in the fridge and you've got snacks for a week. And it's a great protein hit. It will not mess with your blood sugar. Um, and they're just easy. <laughs> Those kind of snacks are great to have on hand, too. Katie, um, my girl Katie, is killing it right now. She's doing awesome, like better than she has in years. And, and I feel a big part of her success is just having these things available because, you know, you know, Stacey and, and Robert, you know, people who work and are busy like this, we have the best intentions in mind. Oh, I'm going to make a fresh lunch every day. I'm going to make a fresh dinner and get everything prepared and everything's going to be home-cooked and, and delectable and delicious and I go to it every night, and then by the end of the day, you're just dragging ass. And, you know, sometimes you're just like, your best intentions don't kind of work out the way you planned. So having these healthy foods available to you that you can grab a hard-boiled egg or grab, like, a healthy snack or a healthy dinner that's kind of, you know, pre-done instead of being, you know, reaching for something out of out of kind of necessity of being exhausted or busy or something. Um, like I said, sometimes we have the best intentions, but... Having those snacks for when life takes a an alternate turn is is great resource. Oh yeah, and and you know I'm a big fan of protein drinks, so my my Vitamix is one of my best friends, and I've always got almond milk in the house and a few kinds of protein powder, and mm-hmm. it's right there. And the, it, what a rescue that is, and it takes no yeah. time. If you don't like to cook, that that should really be part of your kitchen. Mhm. And uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, grab uh, another topic in just a second. But real quick, I kind of wanted to do the DDPO the road report because we got a couple things that have recently been added to the DDPO the workshop schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys know, WrestleMania is uh, right around the corner, and you know Dallas with his, his wrestling roots has a big 
uh, you know, wrestling fan base. A lot of people followed him over from the wrestling side of things and kind of, you know, came with him over here um, along with a bunch of new people that have no idea that he used to wrestle. But still, um, our Super Bowl for wrestling fans and our Academy Awards, our, our Grammys, our WrestleMania, and this year it's going to be the largest WrestleMania of all time. And it's happening Sunday, April 3rd uh, in Dallas, Texas, at, at the Texas Stadium. And the good thing is WrestleMania is you know, in, the, in the evening, and which leaves the day pretty much wide open, where you could get pumped up before you sit down and you know, crunch up for four hours. You get to do a DDP Yoga workshop, the WrestleMania workshop with DDP Yoga, Diamond Dallas Page in Dallas, Texas. That is happening April 3rd. Um, it's going to be a great time, and, and there's a lot of people around there. Robert, as you know, uh, when WrestleMania season rolls around, the entire industry kind of like, you know, comes in and just takes over this town. So Dallas oh, yeah. will be doing a uh, a workshop in Dallas, Texas, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some people you know show up there too to stop by and say hello. Yeah, and if you're, uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but if you uh, if you're in Australia and you for some reason be happen to be listening to this show, uh, we've got a workshop going on there. I think it's uh, April 24th or May 1st. It's because there's two dates, April 24th and May 1st. We've got uh, a DDP Yoga workshop, and we've also got the Australian premiere of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts movie as well. So you can get tickets to both of those at ddpyogaworkshops.com. Yes, and, and uh, besides the Jake the Snake Roberts movie, too, uh, we have that um, available on iTunes um, for quite a while, and, and Robert can probably go and elaborate on this a little more, but it's available across the board now. All devices, uh, you can pretty much snag that movie, and, and just an amazing reviews it was getting and hit number one on the iTunes uh, documentary charts and it's it's been one of those things that it's kind of surreal how, how much people have taken to it and, and as you know Robert because you know you do a lot of creative things I do creative things and, and Stacey's a writer you know you, you put your all into something you put your all into an art or try to send a message or kind of you know speak a little bit to your audience and there's a risk that they're just going to crap all over it you know there's, there's a risk that people are, are not going to be able to uh, you know want to hear what you're trying to say and present to them or enjoy it. And it's one of those things that it's rare because we live in a society that loves to just tear things apart. You know, we love to just, you know, see things fall down in flames. And this is one of those things that across the board, like I haven't seen anything online and I've looked of anybody trash this movie or saying it wasn't like incredibly empowering and inspiring. And for wrestling fans who are notoriously can be negative, to kind of all just sit there and, and, and sing its praises. It's, it's an amazing piece of art, and it's an amazing inspirational story, too, that uh, you can now get across the board. And as Robert just brought up a few minutes ago, uh, Sunday, April 24th in Australia. So pretty awesome story right there. Way cool. And uh, we're going to get going. Oh, and real quick, in the Dallas, Texas workshop, um, there will be an except, a special appearance, a, appearance uh, by a uh, you know, national-renowned uh, male bikini model, Joshua McAdoo, will be in-house, and he will be posing uh, for the DDP Yoga Faithful. So uh, make sure you get over there, celebrity bikini model Josh McAdoo at the Dallas, Texas workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring your blindfolds. Right. <laughs> um, um, you know, Josh, Josh I, I just want to say he's a talented filmmaker and videographer himself. And um, I actually re- I tweeted again the video he made of my transformation, and, and really that was more, he, he focused on the emotional transformation. So I just a shout out to Josh, very talented. It was very cool. I, I love I love Josh. You know, I, him and I talk quite a bit, and he's one of the few people, probably right along there with Robert, who uh, can go toe to toe with my sardonic kind of sense of humor. Um, so I, I enjoy talking to him as well. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to uh, I don't know how much time we got left here, but uh, I think we got some time. Um, I kind of want to bring this up, and Stacey, we we had kind of hit on it beforehand um, before we got on the show, and uh, you know I'm sure Robert will have plenty to say about it too, because it's it's one of those things. I, I brought up a post, and I kind of wrote this whole long diatribe on Mike at 90percent.com and I'm not usually an opinionated person who likes to put my thoughts out there, as uh, Robert probably knows. I'm joking. Um, yes. But uh, I, I kind of went on a, a little bit of a, uh, a rant on uh, 
The Biggest Loser. And it was all stemmed from an article I was reading um, featuring uh, there was an Olympic wrestler, Rulon Gardner, who had done a stint on The Biggest Loser. And he kind of, he left, like, mid-show. He just quit. He's like, I'm done. And they kind of tried to villainize him a little bit, called him a quitter and stuff like that. And when he came out and shared his story about some of the things that are going on there, some of the practices and the unhealthy uh, kind of tricks to get those numbers to, to be so dramatic on the show that they use, um, and, and it's obvious that sometimes the, the contestants' best interests aren't in mind. Um, and as I kind of did more research, I kind of, like, looked into things that obviously – you can know by watching it, and they lose 35 pounds in a week, that something is being done that's not probably uh, uh, completely healthy or, or natural. Um, but it was one of the things that I kind of researched and kind of was a bit disturbed about what I saw, not only just because of, of, of the, the severe deprivation or the six hours in a sauna or, or the unhealthy you know, tricks that they use, but also because on top of that, you give – uh, people who are legitimately watching the show to be inspired and, and try to make changes in their life, you give them unreasonable uh, and unrealistic look at weight loss. And for people who are wanting to change their lives and, and lose weight and get healthy, I think it's doing a, a terrible disservice to these people by kind of portraying it the way they do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the, I agree. There was a guy that was. There was a guy that we were talking to quite some time ago, and he was actually on the show, and he was going to come on to DDP Radio to talk about his experiences, but uh, he was unable to because of the uh, because of the contracts that he signed. They're not supposed to talk about what really happens. Um, but his story was, I mean, he basically he he nearly died because of the, the damage that it it being a con- contestant on that show did to his body. Um, but he can't talk about it because you know he'll get sued. You know, back to the Stone Age if if he does something like that. Mm-hmm. That is so evil. I, I'm not surprised there are gag orders. I'm, I'm amazed that this guy you talked about, Mike, got got some information and truth out there. Um, but I know that whole scenario well. That was my life growing up. You know, the saunas and the strict dieting and the you know, diuretic. I mean, just I—I I, I don't know how my metabolism wasn't destroyed. I—I uh, I know. I mean, in the case of the show, their, their motives are pretty clear. The producers—they want ratings. They want to to make money. But in real life, people who do the strict dieting and the extreme measures. Uh, we've all been there. Anyone with weight issues, we. Mm-hmm. Believe that 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 golden you know line that we're fed that hey all you need to do is lose weight and all your problems will be solved you know you'll suddenly be happy mm-hmm. and I discovered that the hard way is not true when I lost a hundred pounds twice and regained it twice in my twenties because I thought well that's all I need to do then I'll be okay everybody will like me and I'll like myself and life will be magical and. You know, the, the reality is you don't escape yourself. It doesn't matter if you lose fat off your body. You still have yourself. So um, these shows it, really also buy into that false um, promise that uh, just lose weight, man, and everything is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, what, one thing will be great. I, I cannot deny with the weight gone, I feel better physically and I have more mobility. That's, that is wonderful. But all of the other stuff that was plaguing me, I had to deal with, and problems never go away, and I have to continue to manage my life, and, and sometimes the shit that comes into it. It's food. That's the reality. And I think that yeah. can cause downfalls in people and kind of a rebound effect, if you will, because I remember, you know, my whole life when I was overweight, and, and I lost a significant amount of weight, and I expected that to be kind of like the crossing over point where everything changes and my life just becomes this fairy tale and, and I, 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 start to, I have this happiness that I would never have before. And when you get to that point where you lose all the weight and, and you get to where you want to be and, and your end game goal and then you still are dealing with the same problems before and you still have the same, you know, some of the same issues and some of the same, you know, sadness or depression or anxiety, what you've always had despite getting to that goal, 
it kind of screws with you a little bit. It kind of is like, oh, well, this isn't what I expected. And it kind of, you know, it, it makes people slip sometimes. It, it kind of, um, you know, you expected this to be your happy ending, and, and I'm still kind of have some issues. You know, healthier, <laughs> and I feel better, but it was supposed to all be better now. Yes, oh, and yeah. we can see it. Mike is actually a perfect case of that, of of issues remaining after weight loss. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I, I'm glad you did that, that rant, Mike, because um, people shouldn't look to shows like that or, you no. know, that, that that's, that's normal or that's, that's the end goal. Um, you know, there's so much more to the issue than just get, getting, getting the weight off quickly. And, you know, everybody knows Arthur's story. He he is an extraordinary person, and not mm-hmm. not the average. He he's no. got his weight off quickly. He's kept it off, but he is not your average bear. Um, you know, he's an amazing guy, but um, I feel it's really better to deal with your issues as you go along, lose it in a very sane, rational way, and it doesn't matter how fast it comes off. It really doesn't. What no. matters is that you found a way to make it work. That's what matters. Even yeah, before, ba- oh, go ahead, Robert. I was going to say, basically, if you want to lose weight, uh, exercise and eat right. That's all you got to do. It doesn't matter what the exercise is as long as you get your body moving and you eat right. That's There's no magic pill. There's no magic shake. You just you got to put the work in. It, it, yeah. it bothers it, me, too, on these shows that, I find it almost um, insulting, um, especially this part of it. And I found this even before uh, I kind of read all this stuff. But, you know, the show would be on or people would be watching it. And they'd stick these people and they'd have this room full of fatty, greasy foods and cakes just piled high. And they'd stick these morbidly obese people in the rooms just staring down the food for like an hour and a half, like tempting them to try to eat it so they'd lose points. And, and I just found that so insulting as, a, as an overweight person and a human being that you would just kind of exploit that kind of visual of, of, a, of a fat, overweight, obese person just face-to-face with a pile of cake. And it just, it just left such a bad taste in my stomach. And there's all these stories, oh, it's so inspiring, oh, empowering, and taking nothing away from those contestants because they work their asses off. Oh, you know, hell yeah. They go there, and, and they put so much effort in, in into what they do, but it bothers me that they put this over as some kind of noble cause. And first of all, if they have the intentions that they, they claim they have, then why would you eliminate someone every week? Why the first week when someone who doesn't lose an exorbitant amount of weight gets sent home? If you have the best intentions in mind, why wouldn't you keep everyone there for the duration and focus on their stories and their life-changing moments and their growth as human beings? Um, and, and see them all across the finish line, and, and you know, become their their ideal weight goals and health healthiness. Um, but instead, if someone doesn't, you know, they turn it into some kind of competition uh, where they focus on the catty cat fights, and you know, they get the best angles for the the, the name calling, um, and then they send someone home every week. It's, it's insulting to me. It's like, oh, we want you to do so well, but you lost to that person, so you don't get to lose weight. You don't get to get healthy. Go home. Yeah, they should yeah. be. It should be about their stories, not about the other uh, drama. Mhm. But unfortunately, nowadays that kind of thing doesn't sell. The uh, the combative uh, nature of television. You know, you want to see the the dramatic, you know, cat fights and insults and you know, that's what that's what kind of draws money nowadays. And, and it, it it sucks. It really does. It sucks. But I I think these shows do a disservice to people, and you know. Obviously, they lose weight, but I probably am pretty sure that all of them, you know, uh, are, have done damage to themselves in the process. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't kind of look at that as a barometer for your own health because a lot of people, like me, when the first Biggest Loser came on, I didn't really know a whole hell of a lot about eating healthy or eating clean or, or exercising. And a lot of people who aren't... Uh, uh, don't have access to this information or resources to know these things, watch this show, and, and that's what's teaching them how it's done. They're introducing themselves how to lose weight, and they put these ideas in their head that are dangerous, and 
not only that, but the things they show on TV are a fraction of the stories. You don't see them sitting in the sauna for six hours. You don't see them, you know, severely depriving themselves of calories or working themselves to the point of, you know, physical, like medical diagnosed exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just plain unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I and you you know what you're always going to get the truth here on this show and and we are the antithesis of that. We're here to help, support, provide sound information, and uh, you know we're, we're telling you it's not it's it's a lifelong process. Journey never ends, but it's doable. It's doable, and if you if you fall down or you you have a setback, you just get up. You get up, and nobody, nobody, no questions asked, no judgment. And they, a lot of people try to sell that narrative of, uh, you know, if, if, if you're looking on TV or if you're looking on the internet for advice, and they try to sell you the narrative that it's so easy, doesn't take any effort, you know, it's quick fix, we can get it done, and you know, just take this or do this, and it was all better, simple, easy as can be. They're lying to you. Anybody who tells you weight loss is going to be seamless, instant and easy is completely bullshitting you. And you know as soon as you read that in any article on any news story or commercial, it's instantly suspect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely takes work. Mm -hmm. It does. And I I just want to throw out there, I wrote an essay on this uh, a few years ago. If you want to Google, recovery is a three-legged stool. I think you'll find some sound info in there, if I do say so myself. Um. But, Mike, this is a great issue you've brought up. You know, it doesn't matter how quick. This is all tying into shaming people of size. And the fact that there are so many people clamoring to get on this show shows you, you know, they'll do anything to get out of that condition because Mm -hmm. people of size are so shamed and so scorned. You know, they'll, they'll practically kill themselves to change. And... I don't believe in shame-based change. I don't think it's possible. And Uh any kind of shame-based change I've ever undergone has always been temporary, and it's always backfired. So my whole approach is love and respect yourself. That's the only way you're going to have lasting change. Uh And and let me tell you this, that, you know, this isn't the way to do it. This isn't the way to do it. You 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 can't do that to yourself. We're not saying that, you know, true lasting change isn't achievable. It's it's not a magic bean. It's not a magic pill, but it is doable. It is so doable, and it's all about doing it right because even in these situations, these extreme situations where people take it off quickly or have the quick fix, you know, sometimes the quick fix works, but ultimately it doesn't because I've yet to see somebody who goes into these quick fix diets or, or extreme rapid weight losses and actually sustain what they're doing or make it manageable for a long term. And one of the things that bothered me really badly is, is there was an, there was a TV uh, ad the other day about clean eating. And it was actually from a reputable company that was, that was, you know, has a good reputation and had the best interest at heart. And they did the whole thing about clean eating and changing your life. And at the bottom it said results, not typical. And that just kind of, kind of struck me a lot as, a, as kind of like a, it just stood out to me. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, results aren't typical, but they're possible. And I think instead of putting at the bottom of your screen, results aren't typical, I think you should say results possible. Because well, it's all about what you do and, and how you kind of handle your situation. And it, they may not be typical. They may not be normal. They may, not, they may be rare, but they're possible. Yeah, if you go to the bottom of ddpyoga.com, it also says results not typical. And that's simply um, something that you have to do whenever you're you're doing a, a, a fitness or a nutrition-based thing and you're, and you're showing results of what, what, what's attainable. That's something, it's like a, uh, um, if you want to do like Google AdWords or something to that effect, that's the only way that they'll work with you is if you put on your site results not typical. So well, that's where thanks, that comes Robert. from. Yeah, I, that, I know I, that just. I thought I thought I just had this profound kind of like intellectual kind of analogy, and uh, and you know, well, just busting the wings out of myself. 
But yeah, yeah. Well, I know that you you you, you like have like profound moments reading the back of a cereal box, and I get that. But um, <laughs> I don't want people. Yeah, it was it was, it was cocoa puffs. But I, I don't <laughs> want people going. Hey, he's got a good point. Let me check out ddpyoga.com because it's right there at the bottom. And and so there's there's actually a reason for why why you do that is is it's because you you can't put out anything like. Um, you know, we can't put out Arthur's story and say this. Well, this will definitely happen to you because Arthur, like Stacy said, was he's a, a a phenomenal person who was incredibly driven and wouldn't be stopped. Uh, anybody with his his dedication can get results like that, but not everyone has that dedication. So you can't. You know, it's you got to be very careful with what you say. All right, Robert, you win this time, but I'll of be course back. I do. <laughs> I'll be back. So help me God, I'll be back. You're like Cobra in the G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe uh, uh, cartoons because they always lose, but they always find a way to come back. Yeah, I'm like, uh, what, what was those? What was the job guys for the Power Rangers that always get like, they always put the Power Rangers over and then they just run away and come back and try every time, and, or like the the foot soldiers for like the Ninja Turtles. I'm the guy that gets my ass kicked, retreats, and then keeps being stupid enough to come back and try again. Yes. Yes. So I'm glad I I'm glad I, I just you know completely de- derailed your epiphany. But you know I figured it, what better way to end the show than that? Yeah, but the good thing about this <laughs> is I have the editing capability on my end, so I'm gonna cut your ass all the way out. Yeah, that's why I've, but, wonder, I've wondered why people said, "Well, Mike sounded really smart this week." It's because you're editing, of course. Uh, I, I, but the I, bottom I'm doing... line is, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. I'm actually recreating uh, Robert's voice with my own voice. It's kind of like a, a weaselly, nerdy, dorkin-sounded voice who just constantly tells me how awesome I am on the editing end of the show. I can actually see that happening. Uh, anyway, so what bottom line, though, bottom line is always there's always hope, and as we're fond of saying here, never give up. Um, all of my so-called failures were, were lessons. And then, you know, that's pretty much true of, I think, living life. You know, don't look at it as, oh, you, I'm a screw-up. I'm. It's really, you're learning. You're in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, a, that's, that's, that's the point. And that's just in this, but, but like, no matter, you know, no matter what kind of hobbies or, or goals or, or knowledge that I've gained in myself, I've probably screwed up more than enough times. And it's it's one of those things that, you know, screwing up is a part of evolving. You know, you know, messing up is part of moving forward. And that's why I always, I you know, Nolan Bobbitt always brings this up to me, you know, a quote that I used to say quite a bit. Um, and when he'd say, you know, I always said that I never really understood or, or, or liked the idea of a reboot or a restart. Um, you know, I wasn't doing well, so I'm rebooting this whole thing. Because, you know, obviously you still have the same lessons you learned, but it's kind of symbolically just wiping away the slate clean when the dirty slate has so many lessons and knowledge that you gained from, from your, uh, you know, your transgressions or your, your uh, you know, fallbacks or slidebacks. And when you wipe the slate clean, it's, it's, you know, there's so much you're leaving on the table that you've, you've gained in the process of, oh, of struggling. Yeah. I know from the 20 years I spent at 300 pounds, I've got a Ph.D., in what not to do, <laughs> and I don't have one dollar of debt from student loans either. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think that's what we're going to wrap it up. Uh, it was a fun show uh, this week. Thank you, uh, Stacy and uh, Robert. Mm-hmm. Yes, good topic. I, yeah, I feel just... very inspired. Yes, and I, I know I know I, I inspire Robert quite a bit too. Uh, he's yes. actually one of my one of my he's probably my biggest fan. Um, I know yeah. he's got the the might be ninety percent you know Tiger Beat magazine poster on his wall. So I, I I'm glad I can kind of you know. Light yeah, the and fire actually it's, it's 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 right there on the wall. And when I'm done recording, I'm gonna get my dart set out and finish that sucker off. <laughs> All right, Robert, you win this time, but I'll be back. I'll be back. All right. Uh, on that note. Uh, thank you for listening. DDPRadio.com is live every Wednesday night. A brand new episode debuts uh, on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. 
uh, right here at dpradio.com. And as always, uh, you can check us out on demand as well as the hundreds of uh, episodes on demand available on iTunes. Uh, this show dates back, like, you know, uh, Robert, I think we kind of lose track of how far uh, along we are in, in this show. It's been a long time, so many episodes, so many uh-huh. classic episodes. Edge, Chris Jericho, uh, just, you know, so Zack Ryder and big game stars that have appeared uh, on the show. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you can go back and listen to. And uh, if, if for more incentives, uh, keep this in mind. The farther back you go, the least chance, the less the chance you have of hearing me uh, on the show. So if there's an incentive, so, yeah, go, go, go dig back into to the archives. Begins. Yeah, go back to the beginning. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, DDP Radio at DDPRadio.com. We'll be back next week with a brand-new episode, and uh, I will be back next week with a brand-new ass-kicking from Robert McLaren. Uh, and, Stacey, I'll, I'll expect you to kind of chime in and stick up for me. I absolutely will. And, uh, everyone, go boil some eggs or make a healthy recipe. Prep, prep, prep. All right. For uh, Robert McClary and Stacey Morris, my name is Mike Mullins. Uh, StaceyMorris.com, Mike90%.com, and Robert McLaren, DDPYogaEverything.com. See you guys, and never, ever, ever, ever give up. See ya. Kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by Page. Oh! He's in the diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. cutter out of the powerbomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and, most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.